listening to Enjoy an Album, the podcast where two comedians listen to the top 500 greatest albums of all time. This week it's The Beach Boys with their album the Beach Boys today. The Beach Boys today. The Beach Boys every damn day. Uh, welcome to the Enjoy an Album podcast. Podcast with me, Liam with now, and him, Christopher McCarthy Boyd. What is up, bitch? Please don't call me that. That's my new nickname for you. I don't like it. Tough, tough titties. I prefer that. What's up? <laughs> What's up, bitch titties? Oh no! <laughs> really gendered language. I'm not enjoying. His name it. is Bob. Bob has bitch tits. You're about you love Fight Club, don't you? That's your favorite film and book. Um, I've never read the book. I think it's a good movie. I think it's one of these movies that has been harshly put into, um, oh, <laughs> red flag. What a red flag if you like this film. Your vampire castle steps back again. Are you actually in vampire castle? I think it's a wee bit. No, no, no. This is just that, like, there's, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, anyone who likes the film Fight Club, uh, if they say that on the date, then you should leave the date immediately. It's like, no, it's a good thing. You shouldn't bring it up on a first date, though. If someone asks you what your favourite film is, what if it's Fight Club? You think people should walk away from it? Pretend a day? something else. Nah, I disagree. Listen, there's an ideal world that we don't live in, and there's a world that we do live in. If I was in a first date where I get on, she said her favourite film was Fight Club, I would go. <sighs> okay. And I'll keep going, because I'm. Yeah, like, I'm a people pleaser. Right, so we've got nowhere with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what your point is. <laughs> Uh, you bought any records lately, bro? Yes, I have. I was in Shetland. Shetlands? No. Don't... The Shetlands? No. Have you... I been told that's the right way to say it? Absolutely. Never say that. They get really annoyed. Right. That's the worst thing you could say. It's just Shetland. Shetland. Even though it's multiple islands. Sure, mate, you do you, okay? I'm not, I'm not putting them on blast. It sounds like you're putting Shetland on blast. I'm not putting Shetland on Is blast. Is it United Kingdoms? Should be. It's I've I, it never gets a laugh, but I always go on stage when I'm talking about the country. I mean, I go the United Kingdom of Great Britain on an island now. <laughs> Everybody's like, "What are you doing, man?" But um, I went to a record shop there. Oh yeah, it's called the Bop Shop. Bob Shop. Mm. At Shetland's only rock, record store. Uh, I think they I think it was called that when genuinely music was called Box. Well, uh, it actually. It used to have a, a, a record sh- store all year round, but just a, isn't enough demand anymore. So it mm-hmm. closed down a few years ago. So you have got these like just big music heads up there who are like, "Well, Shetland has to have a record store." Yeah. Um, but they can't uh, afford to have one, so they have a uh, sort of a community space that once a month is used as a record store. So they have all these records in boxes that they then bring out, and then for one day a month you can go and you can buy records. And it's all it's like it's more like a charity. Yeah. Store. Um, and all of the records are donated, and most of them are donated from like Shetlanders that fucking died. So it means that basically, when I was there, thumbing through the records, somebody in Shetland obviously had recently passed away who was a big fan of Richard and Linda Thompson. Really? There was like 15 different Richard and Linda Thompson. Did they have that one? We were listening to the pirate music one. Yep, and they had Fairpoint. You didn't get it? No. Oh, come on. That had some good tunes, didn't it? And I they had Fairpoint Convention. There was also... Um, uh, someone was obviously really into Yes, which I think is coming up on... 
Yeah, that, by the way, that Yes album's coming up is one of my favourite albums of all time, and I can't wait for you to listen to it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they had like a special edition at this shop as well. They had Close to the Edge by Yes, you didn't buy it? You're a fucking idiot. Sorry, that's a bad thing to say, but you called me a bitch, and you're an idiot. (laughs) I didn't know, I've not heard of Yes, I'll point the list, it's to expand my music. You were going to fucking listen to it eventually? Yeah, but I'm not going to buy every album we're we're maybe going to listen to, otherwise I have fucking Daddy Yankee on my record shelf, and I don't want that. Dude. Two nights ago, I was in London, in Soho. And you saw Daddy Yankee? Let me finish. <laughs> the bar we were in shut, and we were walking, and we were like, where are we going to go? Because everyone shuts purely in London. And then a guy went, oh, this bar down here, it's open till three, but it's a bit dodgy. And we went down. And Gasolina by Daddy Yankee yes. was playing. And a guy was doing a woman doggy style in the smoking section. <laughs> the Gasolina! Yeah, they don't gasolina. Yes. It was class, man. Anyway, did you know in Dundee there is a big star-themed record shop called 13 Records? That's fucking great. Did I send you that picture? I meant to send it to you. Yeah, you did. You sent me the picture. Oh, and they've got the big star from the, the album cover. Star. Uh, if you're out there, big star records, or 13 Records, send this to vouchers. <laughs> <laughs> There's like loads of cool record stores in Dundee, actually. Man, look. I've learned so much from this podcast so far of stuff like if I'd have seen that a year ago, I'd have just seen oh yeah, they've this record shop like they like stars. Yeah. And now I'm like I know who Richard and Linda Thompson is. Yeah. I know who Big but Star is. I know who Daddy Yankee here's is. Here's the thing. You always get a lot of yes records and I was gonna say this, you always get a lot of yes records in community donated record shops. Is that because when people phone them and say, Have you got any records to donate? they say yes. No. <laughs> How would that even work in practice? You're fucking... I'm fed up. Sorry, I, I was getting a grumpy today and I had Aaron Chini and I was fine and now, you know, Liam's wound me up. Live from Aaron Chini Towers! It's... Live from Aaron Chini Towers, it's... Wednesday... Wednesday night! night. I was going to say enjoy an album, but oh. sure, you wanted to say the date? <laughs> That's what you were getting at. Uh, right. got a, we've got a solid ep coming up. Uh, it's the Beach Boys. Um, we're you... talking killers. We're talking <laughs> pedos. Yes. We're talking surfers. We're talking adolescent love. We're talking about mental health. Smoking joints. I'm smoking the sweet Mary Jane. And uh, I have sex in it at one point. Yes, you do. Yes. So enjoy that. And enjoy an album. Thanks so much, ever to Eddie Ting, aka Warmer Key, for the swift editing job um, and the quick turnaround. Uh, we love you here at Arancini Towers. We're sending you our biggest rice balls full of love. Warmer Key, aka Eddie Ting, aka the Burp Denier. <laughs> Big fan of this guy. Does a great job. If you need your podcast edited, hit him up. But need... not at the same time we do, because that will lead to a backlog. Hey, are you recording a podcast that's full of Iron Brew Burps? <laughs> this guy's your gay. Um, enjoy the app, and we'll see you later on. Uh, bye. Bye. Here's Rolling Stone Magazine's introduction to the Beach Boys today. I only tried surfing once and the board almost hit me in the head, Brian Wilson told Rolling Stone in 1999. 
but Wilson turned his fantasies into a Californian dream world of fast cars and cool waves, a world that might even have room for a scared misfit like him. Yet even in this early phase, Wilson was writing yearningly complex tunes. <coughs> Sorry, I sneezed there. Keep going. Yearningly complex tunes. She Knows Me Too Well feels like Greek tragedy translated into doo-wop harmonies and surf guitars. My issue with this is they're not yearningly complex. They're complex and yearning. Do you know what I mean? And also, like we'll we'll get into this as we discuss what the album is, is, but this doesn't touch on any of the album's like strengths at all. No. This doesn't like some of the intros have been pretty good at going right. This is why this is an important album. Doesn't but... even mention surfing on the album, so it's like okay, this would be a good like intro. A good it would be a good blurb for like um, everybody go surfing. But this isn't that isn't on this. Uh, this Who week... wrote this? Because I think they should be shot with a gun. It was it was actually my mother. She works, she works for Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah. That's why I brought it up. Uh, um, so it's the Beach Boys. It's the bloody old. The Beach, 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 Beach Boys. Beach, 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 Who's your favourite Beach, yeah. Beach Boy? Who's your favourite Beach Boy? Is it Mike Love or Brian Wilson? It's Cisco. Cisco? Was he a Beach Boy? He was a thong boy? Where do you wear thongs? <sighs> the beach. <laughs> Down on that bloody beach. <laughs> Before we get into the Beach Boys, do you like the beach in general? You're a beach guy? Are you a Beach Boy? Um, I, you know, I love standing on the beach mm-hmm. at the edge of the water. And just watching the water come in and go. Mm. That I love that. On a nice hot day. Just standing and like being one with the waves. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the idea of lying on a beach and reading a book. But I always get a bit uncomfortable. And... Crab will come by and grab your page. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I don't know what happened at the a, end of... A, a, a bully will kick Harry sand Potter in your face. Harry Potter and the Stone. Um, and you have to go on one of those adverts <laughs> in the newspaper that's like, get ripped and fight beach guys. <laughs> I'm a beach boy. He's a beach guy. What do you expect? <laughs> they're not gonna get. They're gonna get along. Um, I quite like walking on the beach. Sure, walking in the sand. Um, um, that's on our playlist. Yeah. Uh, I love taking Bertie down to um, Portobello Beach in Edinburgh. She mm, loves the beach. Portobello. Um. Uh. So that's all good. But yeah, I think I get a bit bored. Just like I, I'm not a sunbather. No. I'm an inside child. <laughs> I don't know if that comes across. <laughs> I'm an indoors child. What's the child bit? It sounds like only child, but an indoors child. Like that's how you were raised. I'm yeah, no, child. I was... no. People try to get me out of the house, but I don't. I don't like being out of the house. I like being in the house. But where my stuff is to quote Roscoe. Yeah, there's stuff that I like that's outside, but lying on the beach or even lying by the pool. I'm like, after an hour or so, I'm like, okay, I think I'm done with my pool. I don't even like sitting in the bath too long. <laughs> yeah, that's like the beach. The bath's like the beach. I mean, it's a body of water. You read. You relax. It's hot. Oh, yeah. Nobody thought. Uh, no. No. Not a beach guy. But the bath boys. I like I the like bath the boys. I like the idea of surfing. Now, I have been surfing. Have you? Yeah. Uh, I, when I was in Australia and I went and stayed in my friend's um, house in 
Sydney, oh. and he lived right on the beach. I've and he was that. a surfer. Mm. He used to wake like every morning. That's how he started his day. He'd wake up at six a.m. and he would run down to the beach with his board and catch some waves before he went to work. And so he gave us a surf lesson, and I managed to stand up on a surfboard for twelve seconds. Wow, that's a long time. It is a long time. Let's find out. <laughs> this is that's way too long I know really long time yeah. um, but that was uh, there was kind of a fluke the rest of the times I was I fell off immediately mm-hmm. but that was fun I've also been paddle boarding mm-hmm. in Malta mm-hmm. um, which I wasn't great at but again I did enjoy that so I like activities at the beach but not being lazy at the beach not a lot of surf talk on this record it's more about um, well, we'll get to what it's about to me it's a lot about dancing and yeah. I'm not talking about Ted Dancing. I'm talking about bloody moving your beat to the rhythm. Um, are you were you a big Beach Boys head? I see when see when I was talking about like oh I bought Let It Bleed by the Rolling Stones and I bought that Iggy Pop record and stuff. One of the albums, classic albums I bought, like Abbey Road, was Pet Sounds because everybody says it's one of the best albums of all time. Yep. And I, yeah, like Pet Sounds is a good bit. I like God only knows, Slip John B, uh, a couple other tracks. I think God but, Only Knows is one of the best songs ever ever written. It's lovely. Yeah. And and I, I re-listened to it in a couple uh, over a couple of days ago whilst going through this album. And actually, like, it's one of those songs that we've had a few of these on this one podcast where like they're so massive that you just feel like you know them, but actually to really sit down and properly listen to it, like you like go, Holy shit, this is really incredible. I might not always love you. My uh What's it called in school? The t- the class you go to first. Um, reception. Is, yeah, reception. My reception teacher in S three, his first dance song at his wedding was "God Only Knows" by the Beach Boys. Right, that's a bit bittersweet, isn't it? Well, that's what he was saying. His, his, his wife's family didn't like the fact that the first line in his wedding dance was "I may not always love you." Yeah, understandably like, so. No, but it's like. Uh, he listened to Death Do's part. It's not about love. It's about... Taxes. Taxis. 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 It's about fake taxi. It's not about fake taxi. It's about <laughs> real taxi. It's not about licking some... God only knows bum. I don't have a taxi fare. What can I do? <laughs> Lick this guy's bum, usually. <laughs> uh, from my research on a fake taxi. Anyway... Um, um, my, do you remember the first time you heard of Beach Boys? Yeah, like Simpsons and stuff. Uh, there's a classic bit in Saved by the Bell. Has it? Where the three legends... Mm-hmm. Zach th- Morris, AC Slater, Screech. Yep. Yes. They uh, perform a lip sync to... Ba 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 and they're like wearing they're like dancing around and then the girls have like walked in and they see them dancing in their pants and it's very funny. That does sound good actually. Shame what happened to Screech. Oh, Dustin Diamond. Mm. Is he dead? He died recently, yeah. That's right. Became a wrestler very briefly and he was a boxer as well. And he's He had a crazy life. A lot of addiction problems. Yeah. I this one goes out to you, Dustin, if you're up there. Uh, did you know a lot about the Beach Boys? I feel like, yeah, I, I, you just read about them, don't you? 
They're like it's like the Beatles or the Stones. They don't quite. You well, know, that it, Dionysian archetype has just come up once again. It's weird, weird, isn't it? There's always Beatles or Stones when actually the the Beatles and the Beach Boys had a rivalry. Yeah. Uh, and they're at the competition. And are still they're all. I mean, I mean, they're, they're the Beach Boys have toured longer than the Beatles did. Um, because really it should be Stones versus Boys. Stones versus Boys. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my childhood growing up. So you're not getting the Beatles involved in this at all? Well, they stopped, didn't they? Whereas uh, Rolling Stones are a bunch of Tory freaks that play <laughs> arenas and then make love that rat, that beach rat, crab-eating freak. He's, uh, he, he, he does shows that are just for the Trump administration. That's right. So, so they're so both evil? Just, just to clarify, the the Beach Boys are not, are not together as they once were. No. There's there's Brian Wilson uh, and um, the other one. What's his name? Ardeen. Nardeen. Uh, huh? Nardeen. Ardeen. Ardeen. No, I him. Um, and then there's Mike Mike Love, and yeah, there's sort of two separate touring versions of the Beach Boys. Yeah, but Brian Wilson's them... brain doesn't work, so he just sits in his house essentially now. Yeah. And then the real one, well, not the real one, but you know, the fake successful version that travels around is directly. Uh, paying for evil to happen. Yeah, they they opened for the Trump campaign, which Brian Wilson um, then was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, he was like, "What the fuck?" Um, yeah, the one of these omnipresent bands, uh, but it's good to sit down and listen to an album of theirs that maybe people haven't heard. Of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I had never. I'd heard. Obviously, I've heard a lot of songs on this, like uh, "Help Me, Rhonda," etc. Help me run, help me. Actually, help one me of the run. one of the what's the first song called? Dance, 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 dance. Do you wanna dance, wanna dance under the moonlight? Oh yeah, like so. I'd heard that song because that's not their song. That's a cover mm-hmm. of another band called Bobby Freeman. So it's not a band; it's a guy. <laughs> it could be a band. Yeah, could be these days. Bobby and the Freeman. Bobby. It sounds like a Irish rebel band. <laughs> Do you want to dance? Do you want to dance? Do you want to take those tanks and guns? <laughs> um, well, Do you want free to free? Love the free state, don't they? Yeah. Uh, but uh, well, that's... Freeman was a name for freed slaves. Was like their surname. So, oh. so when you were about to make a joke, I was like, Ooh. please don't say <laughs> stuff like that again. <laughs> um, but I'd heard that song. Do you want to dance? Because uh, another cover of it. There's actually been a few covers. I know you're very anti-Bet Midler being on the pod, but she done a cover of Do You Want to Fuck Dance. Bet. Uh, yeah. I hope she does a cover of Maxwell. Um, but then uh, Del Shannon done a cover of it. Mm. Have I told you that story about the Del Shannon record? Mm, go on. Perhaps. So I went record shopping with a girl when I was like 21. Yes. And we, have we done this already? Uh, if you haven't said it on the pod, you have told me. Uh-huh. Well, we went to Oxfam on Byers Road and we bought the best of Del Shannon. You know how to treat a woman. Yes. <laughs> you're going in dinner. the head laughing like that. I'm like, you're fucking fails, mate. You need to sh- sh- shut up uh, laughing you, at me like that. You're fucking going to take, take a girl to date to a charity shop. It's called being cool. I don't know how you do things. I do think I'm a cool guy. I, go, I take I take my women for steak dinners <laughs> and co- cocktails on the Copacabana. <laughs> right. Vegan steak. Uh, but we went to Oxfam. We got the best of Del Shannon. Went back to mine. Mum and dad were out. 
stuck on the best of Del Shannon. Mm-hmm. Things started getting hot and heavy. The right? best of Del Shaggin. Mm-hmm. The best of Dick. <laughs> the best. Shaggin. The best from the best of Del from Only Fools and Horses. Shaggin. Del boy. That's what they call me because I do this so much. Uh, but then that was nice. We tried it to the 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 Capital Years by Frank Sinatra, but she was like, "Can you put something else on?" <laughs> <laughs> you can't have sex to Frank Sinatra. We tried to do it by na- to by the uh, to Nanu by Aphex Twin, but she was like, "Are we having sex to dial up?" So anyway, later on, uh, my mum was in my room. She was like looking at my records, and she was like, "Oh, your nana has that record." So I realised me and my grandparents have had sex to the same music. You the same fuck tunes as yeah. your gran. Yeah, that's cool, man. So uh, that song's on it. Do you want it? I think Del Shannon's version's better because uh, I prefer Del Shannon to the Beach Boys. Well, so that's cool. That's a good Beach Boys backstory. Um, yeah. So uh, no secret posho this week. Seriously? Well, I, I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. So um, Brian Wilson and his brothers are basically the the core of the the Beach Boys. Brian Wilson being the brains behind it. Um, his dad was a songwriter. Um, but yeah. he worked in a machinery business. He didn't have a huge amount of success as a songwriter. Uh-huh. And they went to a pretty normal, like, open public high school, um, the alumni of which is not impressive, apart from one person recently, which is Tyler, the creator. Right. Um, but apart from that, they're not, like... No. They're, you know, they're just... You'd call them middle class, I guess, but... Yeah. Um, is, is that also... They're American middle class as well, which means working class. <laughs> yeah, essentially... Um, his dad was pretty fucked up though, Murray. Um, Murray Wilson. He had an accident at work where he lost his eye. He worked at a machining um, like company. If you have an accident at work, <laughs> <laughs> you can claim it back. So I'm sure there's adverts about it. If in any like, did so he, his dad fall off a ladder in slow motion? His, his dad. He lost an eye, right? And he was really like he so he was their manager for a while, and um, it was sort of like a, a Jackson Five situation. compensation. <laughs> where the the dad is like this weird, controlling, emotionally abusive figure. It's what he used to do to punish them. Mm-hmm. He used to take his glass eye out and hold them up to his the empty socket in his head, make them like it, and make them stare into it as he Ooh. told them off. I was kidding. On. Yeah, but how fucked up was that? Well, it, was, it worked. Obviously, I mean, great, great music from both people. At what point is it, you know, at what point do we just have to accept the fact that if you don't physically traumatise children, you don't get great music eventually? Or do you think it's unrelated? I think it's just unrelated. Hmm? Okay. Because Brian was like a, a naturally pitch perfect, he was described as, as a singing child. Just He just had a complete, one of the most natural ears for music. He's got yet. a lovely wee voice. An incredible voice. Uh-huh. The range of it is un- unbelievable. Yeah. Um, they were they started a band called the Pendletones. <laughs> That's so gimpy, man. Yeah, well, there's a Pendleton is a table type of shirt, so Pendletones was their little pun. You know the way the Beatles is a pun, mm-hmm. and it's like, guys. Oh, we were trying to make fun of the crickets, but then also oh. beat, so it's quite quite humorous. Um. Yeah, they were they were kind of dweebs basically. None of them surfed. One one of them surfed. Dennis. Dennis mm-hmm. surfed and was like, "We should write a song about surfing." And then they wrote a song called "Surfing." Mm-hmm. And Murray, their dad, took it to like someone he knew, and straight away they were like, "It's a hit. Let's yeah. let's take these guys." 
Um, so they released a song, and the record company, without talking to them, changed their name from the Pendletons to the Beach Boys. <laughs> and they, they were literally they saw it released. They were like, "That's our song." And then yeah. they were like, "Oh, that's us. <laughs> we're the Beach Boys now." That's pretty cool. Uh, so they went on to write. I heard a funny story about them. Okay. Um. So, obviously, they had a song about surfing. And they were like, people heard about it, but they hadn't heard the song. So then surf music was really popular at the time, which is like a specific genre of rock and roll. Mm. With like really trebly guitars, like loads of instrumentals, like Dick Dale and the Deltones and uh, Link Ray and uh, Tales, uh, you know, the Tornadoes and stuff. It's like a specific genre. So people were showing up to the Beach Boys shows expecting that style of surf music. And then it was just like, you know, pop and they were like the f- people were throwing tomatoes at them because they were posers we love to surf we love to surf surfing so cool on a surfboard only one of us can surf none of us has ever been to a beach before yeah and the one that surfs name's Dennis which automatically disqualifies him from being cool uh, <coughs> I'm trying to think of cool Dennis's the menace I take it back they uh so they you you know what if it ain't broke don't fix it. Their next songs were called um, Surfing Safari, mm-hmm. and then they Surfer Girl, and Surfing USA. So really leaned into this yeah. whole surfing thing. And this is supposed to be the best band in the history of America. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, Surfing USA is a like that's a dino pop hit. Yeah, it's nice. I like. Ah, <laughs> here's the hot take this week. Wow. I agree with the people who threw tomatoes at them. I think actual surf music is better than this. Right. You don't think this is good? It's good, but it's not like... Well, hang on. We're talking about early Beach Boys surf yeah, music yeah, now. And yeah. actually, Brian different... Wilson kind of agrees with you. Sorry. I kicked your, kicked your board game that we're using to hold up our drinks. Uh, Brian Wilson actually agrees with that hot take because <laughs> that's the whole point of this album. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, so basically, Brian became involved with um, previous podcast subject, Phil Spector. That rat. Another rat. He, this episode's Rat Central. Uh, there is a lot of rats involved Ugh. in this episode, actually. There's a few more, a few big stinky rats coming up later. I hate Phil Spector. Go listen to the other two Phil Spector albums to hear my uh, Phil Spector eps. Yeah, so we've also, we've also covered the Ronettes, and actually Brian Wilson heard Be My Baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, whilst he was driving in the car, and he was so overwhelmed with like how amazing it was that he pulled over and was like, I just have to sit and think about this. So then he sought out Phil Spector and was sat in on the Wall of Sound sessions and learned how to produce stuff. Um, they went away to uh, England to tour, mm-hmm. and they came out on stage with their little doo-wop surfing fucking matching shirt bullshit mm-hmm. just at the heart of Cool Britannia, Beatlemania, and the Brits laughed at them. They laughed at them? For being squares? For being fucking squares. As a square? I think they're justified. People were like, this is Because you had stones with their long yeah. hair. You had the kinks and all that shit. And then these three pencil pocket protecting freaks come out. <laughs> Do fucking... you want to dance? Do you want to dance? No, Guys, I don't. I want to smoke weed. I think it's hilarious that, you know, we'll get into the story of this record, but essentially this is when Brian Wilson's brain started to break Mm. and he went mental and he was like I can't even be in a band anymore but and they're like oh this record really reflects that 
And then some of the songs are like, I get out of school and I put on the radio, grab a chick by my side and I dance, dance, dance. And you're like, this is the sound of the song's brain breaking. Sounds like they've had too much Ribena. <laughs> get out of school and I grab my dancing shoes. That was Grace Lightning. But it's that type of shit. And you're just like, come on. I can't wait four years till now till Iggy Pop shows up and just starts screaming about fucking everything. I, um, listen, I'm in a separate camp to you on the Beach Boys front, okay? And um, I, I appreciate your hot take, but I'm not too sure, man, because I think this is fucking cool. I think the story of it is cool. So they came back from England and they were touring. Brian Wilson had a panic attack on a plane. Yeah. Very um, serious topic. I was laughing out of, of being there. Because he was freaking out because he, uh, he was worried about his marriage to a 16-year-old girl. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. I was going to say, strong influence from the Beach Boys on pop punk and emo bands, not just in terms of harmonies, but also in the ages of the girlfriend. <laughs> Which is yeah. a pretty good joke. <laughs> um, he was 22, she was 16. Um... Imagine you were in fourth year. And I know this. When I was when I was sixteen, I had like female friends, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, this guy is twenty-two, last year of uni versus not even last year of high school." Come on. Yeah, no, I'm not defending him. It's pretty fucking weird. Also, she's in school. He's. Oh, she was in school. She was in a band. She was in a band. And what that, band was she? They were called the. Um, I've got written down here somewhere. Um, the Rovals. <laughs> no, no, the Rovals. His wife Marilyn. They're in the, the Ravels. They just shit. There's actually footage. So I watched this documentary on YouTube about um, the Beach Boys, and there is footage of them performing, and the Ravels are a sort of similar band to the Beach Boys, oh. and they are in the audience, and mm-hmm. you actually see. The first time they catch eyes. Wow. Which is pretty fucking cool. Like mm. She's singing along to his songs and they see each other. She's 16. He's 22. That's pretty fucking weird. Do you know what? I'll tell you what. See if I... When I was 22 and uh, there was a 16-year-old girl in the crowd and I was telling a joke and she was laughing, I wouldn't marry them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you are a beach baby. This is why I'm arguably one of the wokest comedians in this circuit. You love fucking left-wing comedians, man. The, 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 the ceiling is so low. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, it's quite a creepy record as well. Yeah, so... Um, Don't hurt my little sister. Shut up. Why, why are you talking about me sisters, man? <laughs> why, why are you talking about going to school? You're 22. Well, we going to work? Were, exactly what happened. So um, what, when Brian had his nervous breakdown and had his uh, panic attacks mm-hmm. um, and he had impulsively married uh, Marilyn Ravel... And um, I started to drink regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd released um, four albums within the space of a year. They were touring like absolutely crazy. That's what happens when your dad has one eye and he makes you stare into it. Yep, exactly. Um, and so Brian went, you know what? I'm not touring anymore. I'll, I will I will write the songs and work in the studio. I'm not going out on tour. Mm-hmm. I just want to concentrate on making an album. And this is the album that they made. And it was one of the first uh, concept albums. Yeah. The first half, first side, is all upbeat. Do you want to dance? Type stuff about dancing. and What you'd expect from a Beach Boys record, apart from the lack of the word surf. Yeah. Because he was like, I'm not surfing anymore. I'm just dancing. I've never surfed in my life. But you know what I have done? Dance, dance, Married dance. a 16-year-old. Yeah. I married a child. And... um. 
And then the second half is... I really like the second half. I like the first half as well. I'm probably being too negative because I like having a laugh sometimes. But the second half is very uh, sad and just just great, man. So the second half is ballads. The first half... Uh, and, you know, you got to remember this was released on record. So it's literally like there's an act of turning over the happy side to the sad side. And up until this point, you know, there was a few albums that kind of claimed to be the first sort of concept album. Uh, but, like... This is one of the first albums that was like, no, all of these songs have equal merit. Mm -hmm. There is a point to the album in that it's first half like this, second half like this. There is a structure to it. Um, and yeah, it was like a pretty big hit. Yeah, apparently it was pretty heavily influenced by the Revolver by the Beatles just coming out. And it was like, oh, that's all killer, no filler. Yeah, so I think Revolver uh, inspired this and then this inspired... Um, the next Beatles album, um, Rubber Soul, Rubber Soul, which then in turn inspired Pet Sounds. Just a bunch of weird boys, just trying turning to turn each other on. Literally trying to outdo each other. Yeah. Um, and it's like you and me. Do you, Do you think that's what we're trying to do with our careers? Yeah, I'm trying to crush you. You are winning. I am crushed. No. I'm a little worm. No, I just, uh, you know, you watch somebody. Uh, you need to do that. You're not friends with somebody if you don't want to do better than them. Have I got the wrong idea? Yeah, that's fucked up. Mm. Um, so, thematically, there was a big jump. When I listen to this record, again, I think it may be very... They can maybe show me some stuff about myself. Uh, yeah, I, thematically. I love the half, that, that bit. Um, Please let me wonder. That's so cute. And that's yeah. the first, so as you turn over the record, you've had Dance, Dance, Dance. You've had Help Me Rhonda. Mm -hmm. You've had Do You Want to Dance. Help and then me Rhonda, help, help me Rhonda. And then it's Please Let Me Wonder. Is it Please Let Me Wonder about being with you? That's quite cute, isn't it? I've written something here, um, but not about what it's about. <laughs> what did you write? What should we note? Uh, this is the first song written by... Uh, this was the first song that Brian wrote on Marijuana. Oh, my God. Um, We've all been there. We've all honked on that bobo and then just took a pure... And he, he called this his tribute to Phil Spector, who, at that time, had not murdered anyone. No, but he was still a wee freak. And this is... this. Uh, Please Let Me Wonder is the first example of, like, Brian's new sort of production values, everything he'd learned in the wall of sound. So this, there's loads of, like, across the album. Uh, this is where, like, the basically what you get here in the album is the... At the start, you've got your classic Beach Boys, what you expect. And then as the album progresses, it turns into what you know of the Beach Boys from Pet Sounds. So it's like, okay, now you're bringing in all these weird instruments and these, uh, like, the orchestral movements. And I was reading an article about that song, and it was saying that even though it was a tribute to the Wall of Sound, it doesn't actually use the Wall of Sound style. Mm -hmm. Because the Wall of Sound's all about, okay, three bass guitars at once, stack everything up, make everything sound huge. Whereas... And this song is actually superior to the Wallace sound because it's a hi-fi record. It's not something to be heard over the radio, mm -hmm. you know. So you, the, all the instruments are actually given space to the vibraphone, mm -hmm. you know, and the French horn and stuff. They all have a wee bit of room to breathe. It's actually a lot better than the Wallace sound, which has its criticisms. Um, it's a, uh, it's cool. A lot of the funky instruments they used that had that hadn't ever been used in pop. Mm -hmm. So like in this documentary, they showed them playing stuff like. Um, 
the piano strings, like they opened the piano and were playing the strings inside. It's interesting because it's not actually how you play a piano. Yeah, that's what's fucked up. Um, also, you've got the introduction of the wood block, the <coughs> which became like a big thing for the rest of the Beach Boys, um, like oeuvre. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite song where wood block on it? Um, how much block would a wood block block <laughs> if a wood block could block wood? <laughs> I like uh, Little Sister. Queens of Stone Age, funnily enough, has a jam block on it. Little sister, can you find it away? wonder if they were listening to this, because there's a lot of kind of weird pedo-y little sister stuff on this. In this podcast? No. In Queens yeah, of Stone I wonder if Queens of Stone Age in 2007 were listening to this podcast. I wonder that as well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it comes across. It does come across. Um, I do think some of the, like, there is a lot of mature songwriting lyrically on this mm. album. Um, all of the songs are like, I mean, the Beach Boys, throughout all their, every song they do, is, they're teenagers forever. Why is that? Do you think it's because they didn't have a chance to grow up because their father was a cyclops? <laughs> <laughs> they were having to, like, have Ray Harryhausen draw their bodies to have them fight their dad and stop motion, man. You can't say that. <laughs> well, he was a monster. And he had one eye, would you call it? Got a lot of one-eyed friends out there, all right, who are going to be fine with it, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, they're in a state of arrested development. <laughs> it's all kind of about wondering what, what will happen when you grow up as well. I it's hate that song. The one where he's like, 22, 23. When I grow up, will I wonder? When I grow up to be a man, that one. Will I grow up to be? I think it's quite a nuanced take on um, sort of your formative, like late formative teenage years, this idea of like, where am I going in my life? I do think, you know, sometimes I criticise stuff like this and then I think, God, they were only 22. Yeah. When this came out. 22. 22. This, they were 22 and this was their eighth album. <laughs> That's mental. Uh, that's fucked. Like, come on. Yeah, that's bad. So, like, you know, there's actually some parallels with like the Far Side in that that Far Side record we covered. Like, it's not all, it's not always that groundbreaking. But then when you go, they're kids. Mm. You go, holy shit! Actually, it is for them to have that insight mm-hmm. and for him to have this musical. He was 22, and the shit he was doing musically. It was this lovely stuff. Yeah. And the ambition. Even to Very go like, ambitious. oh, I need to go over to Phil Spector's house to learn how to do that. At the age of 22. At the age of 22, I dropped out of uni. And Especially was like, when you consider, like, because they had a kind of novelty hit single. It's kind of like if a TikToker, mm. who, no offence to you, you know, you're on TikTok, but like if I, I kind of, vi- if someone went viral. Yeah, which I do all the time. But sure, right. But I'm talking about like, a, you know, an untalented person. Okay. Who's went viral. You've won it back. And then they become the most important artist of. It would be like, imagine if Crazy Frog Mm -hmm. released an experimental jazz album. No, it's like Crazy Frog done. XLF. Well, they had the one before that, the Crazy Frog anthem. Yeah. And then the XLF. It's like if instead of XLF, it was an album about just love and longing and marrying a 16 year old. Mm-hmm. And you perfectly produced beautiful frog music. 
And I would love to... If, I liked XLF, don't get me wrong, I'm not slagging XLF, I'm just saying I think it would be cool if Crazy Frog did become... <laughs> You know, one of these tapes. When I grow beep To be beep I want to talk about what some of the songs are about because I think there's a lot of mature themes in this album. Like Help Me Rhonda, which is about trying to get over a woman that broke up with you, whose name is Rhonda, by having sex with a different woman called Rhonda. It's just one of those themes that just runs through <laughs> society. Help me run, help me, help me run. You heard that song uh, Cornerstone by the Attic Monkeys? It's about wanting to sleep with someone's... Just try to get over someone and you sleep with their sister. Oh, and okay. like people who look like them, people who smell like them and stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. Best Attic Monkeys song. Whoa. Yeah. That is a hot take. That is a hot take. Help me run, help me, help me run. Help me run. Take me down to the beach and dance with the radio playing on my back seat. On the marry moon. a sixteen-year-old girl. You ever go to the moon to marry a sixteen-year-old because her dad can't get you up there? I smoked weed once and had a mental breakdown because I'm a lightweight. I had half a toke of weed <laughs> and my brain broke. I thought I had a hotel on the moon. I actually had a child bride. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. Paul. You don't like. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that was happening there. It was it was Alex Turner for the Arctic Monkeys mm. doing his renditions of this album. Yeah, help me, Rhonda. Um, Please. So uh, there's also don't don't hurt my little sister. By the Queens of Stone Age, yeah. Is uh is written basically Brian Wilson wrote that from the perspective of his 16 <laughs> year old wife's older sister. Can I just say? What a weird thing to do. <laughs> it's really, it's that thing you were talking about sometimes where you preempt criticism by putting the criticism into the art. Yeah, you know? yeah It's like, yeah. no, I know it's fucked up. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing this from your point of view. Um, what a creepy dweeb. He's also got a song called "I'm I'm So Young" and the, the lyrics are "We're too We're so We're too young to get married." That and and I know he's been hanging out with Phil Spector because Phil Spector is always like saying shit like that as well yeah. with Ronettes and stuff. And it's like, how? What? Why are you moaning about that? I feel bad though, but I do uh, like. I think. I think it's not that he's too young to get married. He's fine to get married. She would have to wait. I think Brian Wilson is. Um, I think a lot of this is is more innocent than it comes across. Like like viewed through the viewed through a pedo lens, it looks a bit pedo-y, But but I think it is. There is an innocence to it. I think Brian Wilson. I hope you do work for the police anytime soon. I think he's a very sad. I think it's a very sad case. Like literally, like he started hearing voices. I think we will go more into Brian Wilson's mental breakdown when we eventually do get to Pet Sounds because we'll, I think I think Beach Boys have like four albums on the list and we well, yeah we don't want to go Pet Sounds and some other thing yeah we don't want to go we don't want to go through everything but um he he had it pretty hard like he spent three years in bed um and then had like a therapist take advantage of him to set up yeah. their own business and stuff so yeah um. Yeah, I you know I feel bad for him. Um, the Beach Boys, like I love doing these bands, that are, these huge bands, because so much like fucking cool information on them. Do you know about the Beach Boys Charles Manson thing? Yeah, they were at the the his compound, weren't they? Charles Manson and Dennis uh, Wilson, the one surfer, would wrote a song together yeah. that the Beach Boys then released. <laughs> this is before again Charles Manson murdered everybody. You need to think about the fact that. 
none of these two guys were talking about had murdered anybody yet, but people could probably tell they might. Well, he was an ex-con, Manson. It wasn't <laughs> out of nowhere. and uh, But he got really annoyed at the Beach Boys because they changed a word. Yeah. So uh, When you're trying to start a race war with secret messages, you don't want people changing the words. Yeah. Could have been a race war or something. Got a fucking word wrong. A rice war. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. That wasn't some. That wasn't like a racial thing. I'm just saying. No, I didn't think it wasn't until you said that. Oh no! Well, no, everybody knows it's not. Um, I uh... when you are sending secret messages through coded language, you can't have fucking we shaky Brian Wilson changing the words and stuff. This uh, this documentary in in very quick succession had footage of Phil Spector, <laughs> Charles Manson, and then Jimmy Savile. God, maybe in Scorpion and Sub Zero for Mortal Kombat showing up next to the amount of fucking violence going on there. <laughs> I'm not saying Scorpion and Sub-Zero are as bad as Jimmy Savile. I'm not saying that. But they have killed a lot of people. Um, what was Jimmy Savile that? What was Jimmy, Jimmy Savile? What was Jimmy Savile It was that? a bit in this documentary where he was talking about um, so how Beatlemania really took off and how the Beach Boys had suddenly become quite uncool. Mm-hmm. And so when um, the Beach Boys were in England, um, Jimmy Savile was... There's footage of Jimmy Savile introducing the Beach Boys on stage at like a nursing home. And it's like the same day that like... Um, the 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 Beatles are like playing Madison Square Garden or something. That makes me like them. We've all had that gig. Yeah, I remember uh, when I was a wee boy, I wanted to be a stand-up and I wanted to be a wrestler. Those were my two dreams. Mm. And at one point, I said, "You know what? I'm probably not going to be a wrestler. I'll focus on stand-up. Dedicate my life to it." Six years in the game, gets to the Glasgow Comedy Festival. I'm doing a show, I believe, in the ve- the basement of a vegan Thai cafe. Who's across town? Gredo. Playing the King's Theatre. Mm. Not even a comedian. A wrestler. And mm-hmm. he's outdoing me at the thing I want to do. Mm-hmm. I nearly killed myself. And how did your show go? It was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not quite the same then. It wasn't <laughs> no. a nursing home. <laughs> I'm sure he rocked the nursing home, though. Um, I uh, really enjoyed this album. I, I, when I first put it on, I was in the car. Uh, we were driving up, uh, my wife and I, to Shetland. Great background music, this. How does this pass the long-forgotten Liam Whiffnail dinner party test? I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's really good. You'd have dinner Because you put it on, and at first, it's like a bunch of Beach Boys songs you most likely haven't heard before, mm-hmm. but it sounds like, oh, yeah, it's the Beach Boys. And the thing is, and this is, we had this with um, Boys for Men as well, like listening to good vocal arrangements within groups of, oh, I have to say, mainly men so far. We haven't had female... When are we going to get the female doo-wop groups on the list, huh? Mm, that's what I want to know. You say it's the woke list because they've put... Not you, but they say it's the woke list because they've put in hmm. contributions from uh, more diverse uh, racial and uh, gendered groups. But where are the female doo-wop singers? We had the one that was um, Emmylou Harris, Dolly Parton and... Um... That wasn't on it, but we listened to that song. Yeah, yeah, we spoke about them. And who's the third one of those? Bonnie Raitt. I don't think it was. Was it? No, Miranda, not Miranda. Linda Lambert. Ronstadt. Linda Ronstadt. Yeah. Um, Who, by the way, has popped up in my life a couple of times. Not like to me, but mm-hmm. like I'll be watching stuff and in they'll your go, dreams. God, it's like Linda Ronstadt over here. And I'll be like, I know what that means now. <laughs> so like there is something genuinely impressive at listening to good vocal arrangements anyway. But then when put on top of, um, when, you know, Brian Wilson started to experiment with like funky orchestral orchestral um, arrangements and like new instruments and stuff like that, and it like it sounds amazing. Uh, 
the first half album is good, but then when you get over to the second half and they start getting into the ballads, that's when this like really flies off into high gear, mm. and you're like, man, actually, this is a fucking great record. The first time I listened to this, I was walking in the dead of night, and uh, a really cold night as well, and it just felt so ridiculous to be listening to like, do you wanna dance under the moon? I mean, under the moonlight, fair enough. I, I was under the moonlight. But you but didn't want to dance. dance. Maybe no. you should have danced. You wouldn't be so cold. <laughs> Sometimes you got to. You got to warm yourself up Mick by Jagger, doing You got to go to the park and just. What's the matter with you, boy? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but then, but then I got into the second half and I was walking and yeah, it really spoke to my soul. I've been quite critical with this because I think it's funny that he's a beast, um, and that he's mental now, you know. So, I think those are quite funny things, but the music's beautiful. I love how it changes halfway through as well. It's like there's a theory about certain that Shakespeare plays that if you count the syllables, mm-hmm. then the middle syllable of the entire play is the turning point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that, that you kind of feel like that with this and the Beach Boys as well. Like the second you turn over this record is when you go from square doo wop, matching shirt, pretend yeah. surfing dweebs to yeah. introspective. It's um, easy to criticize. It's easy to criticize artists for structure and stuff when you are an artist and you're like oh i don't need to have that structure of the things that i do but structure is always for the audience like Mm -hmm. it makes them feel good we haven't even spoken about the fact that in the very last track in the album the beach boys invented the podcast oh yeah (laughs) i've not even really figured that out in my like discussion on it but yeah there's a, a, a song at the end of the album that is like it's a two minute excerpt from a 20 minute conversation in which the beach boys are improvising fake stories about what happened when they were touring Britain. Oh, we went to Paris and we, we had a lamb and they didn't even take the head off the lamb and it was just sitting there looking at us and I was like, the bread in Europe so good and you're just like, this is class. I love podcasts. Did you like that bit? Mm, uh, I thought it was the word, I thought I was like, why is this here? Well, I was like, oh, this will be like a weird extra for like the reissue and then I looked at it I was like, no, it's always been there. Completely ruins the perfect symmetry, the Shakespearean uh, beauty of the whole arrangement and the last track which is like uh, amongst beachheads um, or, or what would you call beach boy fans what, beach boy stands boy, boy boys. stands boy boys amongst the boy boys mm-hmm. the, the boys closing track in, in the back of my mind is like seen as like an, a, an absolute masterpiece mm-hmm. because it's like one of the first big pop songs to have this like all of out of sync instruments playing at once and it and it is one of the first like big album closers as well that you you get quite often on like albums these days like mm-hmm. Phoebe Bridges last album had this big album closed with all the m- instruments going out of sync and it being really loud and everything and like that's just like a standard thing now well this is like the first one that ever happened yeah uh, and and then it goes cuts to them going oh wow the thing about beef stew in Austria and they're like I don't give a fuck Brian they do a quite funny bit where they go oh you got a you got, you got a great record executive called Dick Rising <laughs> and you're like well that's very funny these are some funny boys but yeah, I guess it is the OG podcast, so we, well, owe, we owe a lot to them. Because we listen to this through the boomer lens of this is the greatest music of all time, you kind of have it in your head that they're old, but then you listen to that track at the end of them kind of dicking about doing a parody of a interview, and you go, oh, they were just wee guys, which makes it a lot more impressive and kind of beautiful. But it does ruin the album, I think. <laughs> Kind of shit. Yeah, I, I mean, I just turned it off each time. Imagine it was the end. that was my cue to go. Oh, not time to go back to the beginning. Imagine it's 1966. You're on the back of a jeep with uh, 
age-appropriate women, mm-hmm. and you, you've got... No, that never happened. That never happened, though. No, okay. We live in a parallel universe where in the 60s, not everybody was a fucking pedo. <laughs> Let's imagine that. Okay. I'm in the back with Richard Nixon and fucking... You're shagging Richard Nixon in the back edge. No, we're just hanging out. Oh, okay. Okay, but imagine you're getting hot and heavy with a woman mm-hmm. and this, in the 60s. I don't know how you'd even have a record player in a car. I don't think you can. So you're in a bedroom now. An 8-track or something you would have there? I don't think so in the 60s. Maybe. They had music in cars, though. Radio? Yeah. Yes. But they don't tapes? play full records what on the radio. Tapes? When did tapes happen? That was the 80s. Right, okay. Late 70s, early 80s, I think. 80s, definitely, for the okay. tapes. Um, <laughs> so this is an album album. This is like a record album. This yeah. is for vinyl. So you're in a bed with an age-appropriate woman, because it's an alternate universe, but nobody's a pedo. And... Um, you put the second half of this on and you're just really talking to each other about how deep your emotions are for each other. And, oh, God, these guys, you know, they used to have that fun song about surfing. Now they're serious and good. I'm showing up a bit of myself to you, you know. I'm showing my real heart to you. And it's kind of beautiful. And then she fucking leans in to kiss you. And then they start talking about sheep's heads and shit and bread and Natalie. Ruins everything. So your criticism of this album is that it may have stopped someone in the 1960s getting their hole. Is that not what music's about? That's <laughs> what no. it's all about, baby. No, not totally, but I just feel like it totally ruins the thing. Yeah, I, no, I, that last bit. That, I, there was a... I think that's happened with another I think you forgot about that bit. I think you were going to give this an unreservedly positive uh, review until you remembered that they... It's a flawed masterpiece. Oh, don't say that. You know I love a flawed masterpiece. <laughs> I prefer good stuff that is a wee bit shite to great stuff. Yeah. Sadly. Um, I would say they, they, the aim was that it was all killer, no filler. I think there's maybe one or two tracks in the first half that you could claim were filler. Um, don't Hurt My Little Sister. Come I don't on. Pedo. Yeah. Pedo nonsense. There's pedo nonsense. Um... <laughs> There's a few pedo nonsense songs. Kiss Me Baby? Come on. Now, hang on a sec. Kiss Me Baby, I think, is the best vocal arrangement of the whole album. It's the introduction to Woodblock to the Beach Boys' oeuvre. Um, I love Kiss Me Baby. I think it's She Knows Me beautiful. Too Well is the best song in the album, I think. Very interesting, because my playlist choice were going to either well, be she knows. Kiss Me Baby or She Knows Me Too Well. So we're in the same camp here. She knows me too well. She knows me too well. And there's a wee bit of... She knows me too well. She knows me too well. She knows, she knows. I thought it was, it was doing that. She do be do well. But he's actually saying stuff, mm-hmm. which is an improvement of most of the should be do well music out there. <laughs> um, it's great, that song. And it's really kind of, for a 22-year-old, it's really self-aware about how bad... Uh, obviously, he was a bad boyfriend because he was smoking joints with uh, murderers. Instead of like having dinner with her, mm-hmm. so he's a bad, uh, bad husband. <laughs> but uh, he's a lot of self awareness there in regards to. To be a good treat. husband, you should really have your wife's dinner made for her when she gets home from school. <laughs> See, if you're going to be a good husband, you should probably do a good wife's homework for her <laughs> instead of fucking yeah, so smoking th- joints with Charles Manson, the most famous killer ever. So she knows. So it's basically it's about him saying that. Uh, uh, he, he's trying to justify to himself that it's okay that he's a bit of a shit partner because she knows, like, that's what she's, he's saying. She knows she loves me. Because she, know, she knows I love her. Do you think that's what... I thought it was more like she knows me too well as in I can't get away with this because she knows me too well. 
Um, I think there's probably elements of both. Mm-hmm. But I, lo- I love it. I, uh, s- I was saying it to you when I was walking home in the dark. I was saying it. <laughs> I bet that was a cool look. Midnight, Glasgow. She knows me too. She do me too. And Kiss Me Baby is about a couple that, and I know you've been in this situation, I sure have, that have um, forgotten what they're arguing about mid-argument. Or forgotten what the original point of the argument was. But then you look at Brian Wilson's mental health over the years and you're like, maybe he did. (laughs) You know? Read a few (laughs) interviews with him where he just stopped remembering what he was talking about. Here's a question for you, though. Mm -hmm. With regards to this album, which, Mm -hmm. as we know, is pedo anthem after pedo anthem yep and ends with one of the probably the worst closing track we've had so far yep did you enjoy an album I think it's a masterpiece me too (laughs) I might buy it on vinyl to experience the great album cover sometimes we forget to talk about the album cover but it's a really nice good use of negative space good use of the rule of three they're wearing little dorky jumpers um (laughs) And they, yeah, it's quite funny because on the album cover, I can't see it just now, but it has the, uh, it lists, you know that way in the 60s, they would put the name of every song on it? Yeah. They list like nine songs and then they go, and two more. And you're like, dude, this, this cover's going to exist forever. Maybe just put them on it. Use a smaller font yeah. and get all of them in. <laughs> yeah, smaller font or like even just like, you know, move down the picture of them wearing jumpers. <laughs> And just put a wee bit. There's loads of stuff. There's so much negative space in the cover. You could have just put them down the bottom or something. There's a lot of negative space coming out of your mouth during this podcast. Disagree. <laughs> Disagree about that for sure. Uh, what is your playlist pick for me? Scotty B. She knows me too well. I love it. Uh, yeah. Male manipulator music. That's what that is. I'm gonna go for Kiss Me Baby. What does that even sound like? I can't even remember that one. I played Chris a clip there, but we can't, we won't be able to get clearance for that because Brian Wilson won't reply to our emails. I did. Uh, um, it sounds like a Christmas song. A wee bit, yeah. Do you know what Brian Wilson's, um, what he called the, what he said his favourite album of all time was? Here's yeah. a hint. You're gonna hate it. <laughs> Is it uh, uh, that Christmas record that um, that stupid fucking murderous rap put out that we covered? That's it. Ugh. Ding ding ding. Um, no wonder he's such a wee boy he shags teenagers and he loves Christmas so much he wants to marry it why don't you divorce both of them mate and then just I don't think he wants to marry it. Christmas because Christmas is 2,000 years old yeah <laughs> older than that if you look at the history of the pagans uh, my other playlist pick I'm going for an all Beach Boys special this week like Sparks like Sparks not many not many oh come on they've got fucking three, three, four, five records in this list and you're doubling up your Beach Boys Hundo P Hundo P. You don't want to put Charles Manson on? <laughs> the reveals? He is a beach boy. Oh, yeah. Um, Island boy. Island boy. <laughs> so glad we got Island to the end boy. of the beach boys before we introduced the island Oh, boys. man. <laughs> it's like, so this is what it's like. The beach boys are like, if island boys then released the greatest music of the 20s. Which they're going to. Yes. Um, my song choice is a beach boy song that is not on any of their albums. And it is, Brian Wilson calls it their greatest musical achievement. Don't Worry Baby was on, that was the B-side from the single I Get Around. Round, round, get around, I get around, I get around, round, 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 I get around, I get around, round, 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 round,
and it is in terms of like the falsetto singing on it it is amazing it I is haven't heard really it. I'm amazing to hearing it on the playlist um, have, you, have you listened to the playlist ever ever in your life yeah a couple of times have you really not all the way through I'm not a maniac no it's seven hours long but you but put sometimes it on. I'm near you when you're listening to it that's never happened in your house sometimes that's never happened no uh, we, were, we were hanging out once that's happened once yeah right so your one experience of listening to the playlist is one time you're at mine and I put it on in the background yeah it was good you don't deserve to add we kept skipping my choices it was good anyway uh, so I'm putting on she knows me too well as my Beach Boys pick however as stated I feel like uh, the success of the Beach Boys is very much in spite of the surf music movement I feel as if real surf bands don't get any respect mm. and I feel as if nobody's talking about it these days mm-hmm. nobody's talking about the real surfers out there yeah and I want to change that starting now mm-hmm so I'm putting on King of the Surf Guitar by Dick Dale and the Deltones, which is an absolute slapper. Surf has got to be one of the few sport music definite crossovers. You've kind of got skater music, right? You've got skater music, you've got yacht rock. Yacht rock? Yacht rock. I have a yacht rock every morning with my granola. <laughs> Doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> but I like it. What well, what what transport or what sport um, doesn't have? Uh, I'm going to start dance music. Dark music. I think Royal Blood is dance music. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect to the boys. But your shape. Um, <laughs> I think that brings us to the end. I haven't asked you, Chris. Did you enjoy an album? No, I did. You, I asked you, and you said there's a masterpiece, and I went, yeah, I think that as well. Yeah, well, I didn't get to ask you the question. Uh, I think it is... I was going to say I didn't like it, and then I remembered a lot of a flawed masterpiece. When something's nearly good, but they don't quite manage it, that's when I get rock-hard nips, mm-hmm. and I start tweaking them. He's, he's been tweaking his nips all up. This is so sore. Wearing a white shirt as well, so now no. white and red. Yeah. Bled all the way through. Um, whom are we checking out next week? Next week we've got an absolute slammer. It's going to be King mm. Eddie, King Sunny Eddie, King Sunny Eddie. <laughs> I call it. Why well, don't you even put Sunny in there? Because I know him so well. Queen Snowy. <laughs> it's going to be the rock band Queen. No, it's a uh, King Sunny Eddie with his great compilation that lasts over an hour. Ah, oh, for fuck! Is it really? It's a long it's a one, compilation. and the tracks are long. Really cool. I listen to it walking alone at night, as is my want, and um, it's really fun. I um, I was walking through a protest listening to it. I don't think we touched on the fact that this record is only uh, 28 minutes long. 28 minutes, including the world's first ever shit podcast. <laughs> so really, it's like... <laughs> Sorry, I'm allergic to great facts. The, the podcast that launched a thousand shit podcasts. Yeah. Um, speaking of shit podcasts, thank you so much for downloading and listening to the Enjoying Album podcast. Speaking of flawed masterpieces. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Speaking of pedos. No. <laughs> we're not speaking about them, we aren't them. Uh, we have spoken about them a lot this episode. Well, we shouldn't have married them. Um, we hope you have a great week. Thanks so much for downloading. And we will catch you next week with King Sonny Addy. And his compilation album, The Best of the Golden Years. 1960 something to 1977
Yeah, really long. Alright, looking forward to that. Bye. Enjoy.